What's going on, Coastal? How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Yeah. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're so glad you're joining us. Can you also help me give a big welcome for the very first time to our Lighthouse Point location that's joining us right now live. Man, we love you guys. We're so excited to have you a part of our family here. And uh, man, I, I'm excited for this weekend as we're beginning a brand new series this weekend called Built to last. And I was thinking about New Year's and, and how people come up with resolutions and goals and they come up with all these ideas that like this is going to be the year that I'm, uh, I'm going to lose the weight or I'm going to find a spouse or I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start that, that uh, diet that I've always wanted to start. Or, and, and so many people come up with ideas and, and goals for the year that are out there. And I was reading this week and Forbes actually did a study over the last couple of years and they they said that by February, 80% uh, of the people that start goals or have resolutions by February will have already failed at those goals and given up on them for the entire year. So like within 30 days, people will go, you know what, I've messed up the first 30 days. So for the next 11 months, I'm just going to continue in the same cycle that I've had for the past 30 years, right? Like, and, and that's what happens for a lot of us is, is that we, we've been in a cycle and, and we didn't achieve it in that 30 days. And so therefore we just, we just kind of through osmosis go back to what we have always known in life. And I thought to myself, well, what if this year, instead of setting goals or, or having the, uh, these ideas, what if we live by some principles that will actually help us build a life that will last? Not just set some goals that'll be, that'll be failed in 30 days, but actually live by some principles that God actually sets out in his word that will help us create the life that we have always wanted to live, the life that God intends for every one of us. So, so I want to talk about something that today that I think that if we'll get this aspect right, it will change everything about our life, not only for today, but for tomorrow and the future and our future life that we have. So why don't you guys grab those notes that are on your seat. Come on, wave them in the air like you just don't care. Come on, Coastal, you know how this works. We're a note-taking church, so everybody in Lighthouse Point, grab those notes, grab a pen ahead of you, take some notes. I know some of you are like, why do I need to take notes? Here's the reason, because you're four times more likely to remember the information if you take notes. So make a New Year's resolution, you're gonna take notes for 30 days, okay? And then we'll move forward. So this weekend, here's what we're going to talk about. This weekend, we're going to talk about health. Nobody's excited about that. Not a single service has been pumped about talking about health. And, and, and here's the deal, church. Every year as, as we're in prayer and fasting, God always gives me a word for our church, except this year he gave it to me back in December. And I'm so, I'm, I'm so passionate because I believe that God called us this year to be the healthiest church in South Florida. Like God wants us to be a healthy church and he wants us not just to be healthy spiritually, but he wants us to be healthy emotionally, physically, financially, uh, relationally. Like God wants us holistically to be healthy and that is the goal for us. So it's not just our spirit life, but it's our minds, it's our bodies, it's everything in life. And here's a great prayer for us at a third job. John 2, it says, Dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that may all may go well with you. So it's, it's spiritual, but it's not just spiritual. It's relational, but it's not just relational. It's physical, but it's not just physical. And he goes on to say, even as your soul is getting 
along well. So what it's saying is, is, is as you get good spiritually, what that's going to mean is it's going to infiltrate and trick, trickle down into every single aspect of your life. And, and if this is truly going to be your best year, it's going to be your best year because it's the best year you've been spiritually healthy. And so I want to look at a story today out of John chapter 5. If you want to turn to your Bibles or you can look there at your notes or it'll be up on the screen. John chapter 5, it's a story of Jesus. He's confronting a man that is, is sick. He's not well. And Jesus confronts this man on some issues that I think that we're all having because we all have been in a place where we're sick or we're struggling Things are not going well. And in this story, I think we can learn how to go from a place of being unhealthy to a place of health. John chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says, Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was a pool of Bethesda. With five covered porches, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, laid on the porches. Now just pause there for a second, because isn't it interesting that people with the same issues always seem to gravitate towards one another? Like at work, the people that are all the gossipers, what do they all do? They all gather together and they talk junk about you, right? Like people with marriage problems, have you noticed that all the people that have marriage problems, they all gather together, they all hang out together, and they think, they're like, you know what, if I ask them for advice, they're going to give me some advice that's going to forward my future out of the situation that I'm in. But how ludicrous is that? Watch who you're surrounding yourself with. Listen, all the cat people are always hanging out together. Remember, it says the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Like, what's up with that? I'm just saying. It says, one of the men that was lying there had been sick for 38 years. How many years, church? 38. Come on, say it again. 38. Listen, and some of you guys, you've been dealing with your issue for not just a day, a week, but you've been dealing with it for decades. It says, when Jesus saw him, he knew that he had been ill for a long time, and he asked him, he asked him a question. Now, the answer to this question should have been obvious based on the fact that this man was not well. But Jesus asked this man a question. I think it's important that he asked this question because just because you aren't well doesn't mean you actually want to get better. Just because you're struggling in life doesn't mean you actually want to experience breakthrough in your life. So he asked him, would you like to get well? Like, do you want to get well or are you okay with the situation that you find yourself in in life? Like, do you want to stay in the same predicament you've always been? Or maybe, just maybe, you want to move forward into the life that I've always designed for you today. And I'm just here to come to you, church, with a lot of passion and with a lot of zeal that God wants to shake some of us out of our comfort zones today. And he wants us to get healthy in life. He doesn't want to keep you where you are. He wants to take you to where he's always designed you to be. It's time for some of us to get a little shaken so that we can experience all that God has for us. And here's the question I have for you. It's this. Do you want to get healthy? 
Like, do you actually want to get healthy? Like, this year, do you want it to be different than every other year? Do you want this year to be a year of progress, a year that you move forward, or are you going to stay stuck in the same issues that you've had year after year after year? Now, let me just stop and let me give you a definition of what I mean by healthy, because this is the best definition I could come up with. It would be free and fully alive. This is so important because so many of us have been bound up by our struggle. We've been bound up in our marriage. We've been bound up with our kids. And it seems like every time we make progress, we hit this proverbial wall that we can't seem to get past. And I believe that this year, it, it, God is coming to announce to you today that he wants to not only set you free, but he wants you to help you be fully alive in life. And listen, it's not just those two things. There's another definition I think goes with it that God would want to do. It's, he would want to make you complete. So this is a, a holistic health in our life. It isn't just being free and fully alive in our spirit. It's about being complete in our physical life, in our emotional life, in our spiritual life, in our financial life. And, and throughout this year, here's what I want to do as a church, is I want to take a holistic approach moving forward. And we're going to deal with some areas of our lives this year strategically so that we can be the healthiest church in South Florida. In fact, I think that there are four areas that are a major crisis that most people are dealing with. There are four major health crisis areas that we need to deal with. The first one is spiritual, and, and we're going to deal with this in February. We're going we're gonna to do entire teaching series around these things because I want us to get healthy because for the first time in American history, there are more people that would say that they are not Christians than there are. This is not a, a, a post-COVID thing that happened. This is actually statistics from pre-COVID. COVID's accelerated it. There's more people that would say, I'm not unaffiliated. I don't believe in anything, which means there's lo more lost people, more broken people, more hurting people, more people that are wandering around looking for purpose in life. And here's what I know is that if you will fix the spiritual problems in your life, you'll be able to fix every other problem in your life. And so I wrote it down this way, and you might not agree with it or might not understand it, but I'm just here to tell you the struggle is spiritual. The struggle is spiritual, and it's way more spiritual than you think. That attack that's going on in your life, it's more spiritual than you think. That issue you're having in your marriage, it's way more spiritual than you think. That you're struggling in that friendship, it's way more spiritual then you realize, and until we deal with the spiritual issue, we won't be able to advance in the other areas that God wants to move in our lives. So here's what I want you to know. This will be your best year yet when it's your best year spiritually. This will be your best year when you make this year, you say, you know what? I'm going to change my life spiritually and how it's going to affect every other area of my life. And here's what I know, every year I reflect on my life in the years that are, did not go very well, I can always pinpoint back to I didn't do very well spiritually. The years that I slammed it and things are going great, I can always look back and go, man, my connection to God was greater than it ever was in that year. And listen, if you're here and you feel like you're disconnected from God, you feel like there, there is a dryness in your soul when it comes to God, listen, this can be the best year ever if you'll deal with the spiritual things that are going on, your, on in your life because everything else will get taken care of from that. In fact, it's one of the reasons why as a church, 
We do the 21 days of prayer and fasting right here in the beginning of the year. In fact, we're right in the middle of it right now. It's not too late for you to jump in. We're on day seven right now, so we have 14 more days. And I think it's one of the greatest things that we do that when we combine these two aspects in our life. The first one is prayer, and here's what prayer does. Prayer connects you to God. All of us need a better connection to God. And here's how we do that. Every day, we put together a prayer focus. And every day, Monday through Friday, we gather right here in Parkland and right there in the auditorium at Lighthouse Point from 6.30 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. We do a devotional. We have some worship. We pray. We have prayer cards all over the place. We pray for other people. And we see God show up and show off in people's lives. And so we spend some time and we pray. And some of you are like, well, what's in it for me? You get to connect with your creator. That's what's in it for you. And then we combine it with the second thing, which is fasting. And fasting disconnects you from the world. So prayer connects you to God and fasting disconnects you from the world. And some of us, we need to disconnect from the world. There's some things we should d- disconnect from. Like social media would be a good thing to disconnect from students and adults. Like, maybe some of you need to disconnect from some toxic relationships that are in your life. Might be a good idea. How about this? Some fast food might be a thing to disconnect from. Then there's, there's spiritual things like you can fast sugar or water. And, and, and basically what you're doing is you're giving up things that you crave. And some of you are like, but, but I want those things. Exactly. What you're doing is you're denying your flesh so you can disconnect from the world so all of a sudden you can connect with God. And here's the deal. The combination of the two It's powerful. It's extremely powerful. If you've never done the two together, it will change your life. And it's not too late. Jump in and watch how you connect with God over the next 14 days. It'll be better than you've ever experienced in life. So we're going to deal with the spiritual health crisis. Then in April, we're going to deal with the emotional health crisis. Because a lot of us are dealing with anger and resentment and bitterness and all these emotions in life. And, And when those emotions come, what do we do? We run to vices. Well, God actually has a lot to say with how we deal with those things. And so we're going to teach you out of God's word what he says about that. And then in May, we're going to deal with a financial crisis that's out there because so many people are being crippled by debt. So many people don't know how to save. And this is not going to be a tithing series. This is not going to be a giving series. This is going to be a stewardship series. And the Bible actually talks more about finances than any other subject out there and how you handle your finances in life. And so we're going to... We're going to deal with that. And then in September, we're going to deal with your relational world. Because people are weird relationally. They just are. Like, people don't know how to date. People don't know how to have healthy relationships. They don't know how to have healthy marriages. They don't know how to parent well. And in fact, the stats that are out there on the church and divorce and the world and divorce is identical. It's 50% across the board. That breaks my heart that the people of God relational world looks exactly like the world's. Here's the thing, that same study that came out that showed that actually said that there's another faction that if you do things God's way will totally change everything. And this is what they said. If you will, if you will regularly attend church together as a couple, if you'll regularly pray together as a couple, if you'll regularly serve together as a couple, and you'll regularly be in a group together as a couple, the stats went from 50% divorce rate to zero. So there is a way that God has that we can have relationships that are way better than everybody else has. Just none of us have learned it. So we're going to teach you that there in September. And if you haven't been here for a relationship series, let me just tell you, get ready, get ready, get ready, because it's off the chain. And so 
So leave this up here for a second because I just think that as a church, if we dealt with these four areas of our life this year, every single one of us, and we got God's take on it, and we started doing it God's way, we would be the healthiest church to be able to help a lost and sick world. And here's what I know. A sick church can't help a sick world. But a healthy church, a church full of people that are spiritually, emotionally, financially, and relationally well, we can absolutely change the world. And, and that, that's my dream for us. That's my goal for us this year. And we're building our teaching series around that. So back to the story. So Jesus asked this as a man a question. He goes, do you want to be well? And my, my, my hope is that your answer is yes. But look at what the man's response was in verse 7. He says, I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles. So the idea was back in the day that in this time, these people would be sitting around there, and an angel would come down from heaven. He would stir up the water, and when the water got stirred, the first person to get in the water would be supernaturally healed. And so this man's like, man, I, I, I can't get in. And so he responds with, somebody else always gets there ahead of me. Now, pause. How long had this man been sick? 38 years. Now, I don't know about you, but if I've been sitting there for 38 years, at some point when that angel comes down and stirs the water, I would have found a way to like shimmy myself down, down the bank and get my fat butt in that water first. Like I would have distracted, I'd be like, look at the giraffe and I'd be like shimmying down. But this man does something that I think we all do in situations when we're challenged to get healthy in our life. Number one, it's this, you can make excuses or you can make progress, but you can't make both. And there are a lot of you guys, as soon as I said, hey, let's get healthy. You looked at those four areas that were up on the screen and you came up with all the reasons why you couldn't. And, and, and for most of us, it's like, you don't understand. You don't understand my biology. You don't understand my history. You don't understand my upbringing. You don't understand my ethnicity. You don't understand my financial uh, paradigm right now. You don't understand my relationship status. You don't understand that I grew up with a father. You don't understand that I didn't grow up with a father. And all of us have every excuse that's out there. And everybody else seems to get it. But just like this man in the story, I don't get it. We have all the reasons why we can't. And a lot of us have a lot of excuses why we are in the spot we are in. But let me challenge you today, church, that you can continue to make excuses or you can begin to make some progress in your life. And let's choose to make some progress this year. Let's choose to move forward. Because honestly, excuses are easy for every single one of us. Like, I can come up with all the reasons why. I can give you story after story. I can give you all of the sad reasons because excuses are easy. But can I encourage you today? Throw out the excuses and actually believe what God says about your life. Believe that you can move forward. Believe that you can get better. Believe that you can get healthy in life. It makes me think of Moses when he's leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. When God first appears to him, it says this in Exodus chapter 3. It says, Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead 
my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? So the first thing he says to God is he said, God, you've got the wrong God. Like you've got the wrong person. I'm not qualified. Like, do you know who you're speaking to right now? Do you know my history? Do you know what I've done? Do you know my background? And if you don't know the story, Moses comes up with excuse after excuse. He goes, man, I can't talk. I don't have the right resources. I don't think they're ever going to believe that you sent me. And what he has is the excuse after excuse after excuse. And this is what we do. When God asks us to do something in our life, we throw out excuses instead of raising our level of faith to believe God. And here's what I've learned. Fear always responds to God with but. It always responds to God with but. God, I know you want my marriage to be better, but I've tried everything. We, we, we've done counseling. God, I, I, I know you want me to be financially free, but I like going to Starbucks every day. Like there's, and every time we respond with a but, what is that response? That's a, our fear responding there. But faith responds a little bit differently. Faith responds to God with yes. Yes, God, I don't understand how it's going to work. I don't know, understand how it's going to be possible. But God, I heard what you said and I want to be healthy. So I'm going to respond with Yes. I don't know if there's anybody listening here today in Lighthouse Point or right here in Parkland, and, but you have thrown out so many butts. You have so many big butts in your life. What if this year is the year that you, instead of saying, but God, you started saying, yes, God. Yes, I'm going to trust you for what you said. Yes, I'm going to believe you for what you've called me to do. And yes, I'm going to see my life different than I've ever seen it before. Let's be a church that says yes to God. And I love this idea because you can stay in your excuses or you can move forward. Look at what happens to God. Verse 8. It says, Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Let me pause right there. Because, like, if I'm that guy, I'm like, Jesus, this isn't how it works. You, you do a miracle first, and then I get up and I walk. Like, I need you to perform the miracle, and then I'll do something. But God goes, no, 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 that's not how I work. It says, instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the whole idea here is that God wants to do the miracle, but he doesn't always give us the miracle first. Most of the time, what he gives us first is his word. God, I want a miracle. And God goes, you want a miracle? Stand up. But God, I'm lame and I'm broken. I, I, I can't stand. And so many of us today are missing the miracle of God because we won't take the first step. We're going, God, I need a miracle. I've been waiting on a miracle. I, I want to see a miracle. And God's going, I've already given you a miracle. It's time for you to step into it. But so many of us are waiting for that moment. You just haven't done your part. God's already fulfilled his part. So number two, you focus on doing the natural and trust God to do the supernatural. 
You know what, this year I'm going to focus on the natural, the things that only I can do, and I'm going to focus on doing my part, and then I'm going to trust God to do his part. And here's the deal with that. I'm going to allow God's timing to be God's timing and not my timing because his ways are better than my ways, and his thoughts are better than my thoughts. And so when he doesn't do it on my timing, I'm still going to step in faith because I know that my step of faith is an act of faith that God honors in life. And some of you guys, you need a miracle this year. You're like, God, God, I need a job. And God's like, awesome. Go put your resume out there. There's lots of jobs. No, 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 no. But God, I, I need a supernatural job like where I'm sitting here at home in my boxers on the couch eating Cheetos and a job just falls to me. And God's like, no, no, no. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to fill out a resume. I need you to take a shower. I need you to go get dressed and comb your hair and brush your teeth. Show up 10 minutes early and watch me do the miracle. You do your part and then God will do his part. Some of you are like, God, I, I, I need you to speak to me. And God's like, read your Bible. He's already spoken a lot in this. But God, I need to hear your voice. Read it out loud. You do your part. Watch God do his part. Some of you are like, God, I'm so lonely. I'm tired of being single. I need my Boaz. Send me my man. And God's like, man, have you been at church lately? Have you noticed all the single people that are there that are good looking and they're pretty wealthy? Walk around during worship and when their hands are up, if there's no ring on it, sit down next to them. <laughs> you do your part. Just saying. Trying to help some single people out here today. <laughs> Let me give you a story. I, d I just heard this this past week. It blew my mind. It's a guy in the Bible named Nashon. Uh, one of the few times you ever see his name is, it, is in the like begats. Like Nashon begat somebody who begat somebody who begat somebody. And so most of the time we just, we just read over those sections and we don't really see anything in there. But there's so much rich content in the Bible. It's why you got to read your Bible slowly. And uh, this, this name, Nashon, he's important because in the Jewish history, there's a book called the Talmud. And the Talmud is, is, is the history of the Jewish people over thousands and thousands and thousands of years. They've passed it down since, since bef back when, back when uh, they, were, they were wandering, trying to make it to the promised land. I mean, it's thousands of years of history. And so in the Talmud... They actually tell this story of Nashon and his significance. He's actually part of the, the tribe of Judah. So he's actually in the lineage of Jesus. So he's a very, very important character to our faith. Like without Nashon, we would have no Jesus. But Nashon was part of the tribe of Judah when Moses was actually leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. So he's part of one of the leaders of that day. Moses is leading them out of Egypt. They get to the Red Sea. And we all know the story of Moses at the Red Sea because we've seen the movie The Prince of Egypt with our children, right? He goes to the Red Sea. He raises his staff. And what happens? The Red Sea parts, right? We've all heard that before, right? Come on. Come on. I need some acknowledgement now. Shake your heads up and down. Okay. So we heard that story. But true Jewish tradition, that's not how it works. In Jewish tradition, they says that there, when Moses raised his staff, the sea did not actually part at that moment. What they say is that there was a man named Nashon who was there, who as, when he raised his staff and it did not part, he began to walk into the Red Sea. 
and he got up to his knees and it did not part. He took another step and he got up to his waist and it did not part. He continued to move forward. He got up to his chest and it did not part. He took another step. It was up to his mouth and it did not part. And the, the Talmud actually says they got up to the top of his head. And when it hit the top of his head, that's when the Red Sea actually parted. So everybody else, three million people are waiting for the sea to split. But Nashon is the only one who gets in the water and begins to walk until it does. Can I encourage some people in South Florida that the miracle that you're waiting on is waiting for you to start stepping into the water deeper and deeper and deeper until God shows up and does the miracle. You keep believing. You keep trusting. You keep moving forward. Here's the truth about all of this. The first step is always the hardest step. First step is always the hardest step. Throwing away those cigarettes for the first time is the hardest step. Deleting social media off your phone is the hardest step. Going to the grocery store and buying food that you've never ate before because you want to get healthy is always the hardest step. But it's necessary, it's crucial for us to become all that God has called us to be. Habakkuk 2.2 says this, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run. Who reads it? He's saying, like, listen, I know, I know that we're talking about getting healthy, but I actually need you to do something this year. I need you to get a vision for what health looks like for your life. And I wrote it down in your notes like this. It, it, it's the question, my life would be healthier if I started or I stopped blank. Like here's where you have to do your part. Like what would make your life healthier if you started or you stopped doing this thing this year? Now don't write in here, I want a better marriage. Listen, I want a better marriage is a hope, not a goal. There's a big difference. A goal is something specific. So if you want a better marriage, you might go, I want a better marriage and I'm gonna get a better marriage because I'm gonna go counseling weekly so I can be a better person. I want a better marriage, so therefore I'm going to buy a book and my spouse and I are going to read it together and pray together. That's how you get a better marriage. Don't write in there, I want to get healthy. He getting healthy is a hope, not a goal. So, so like, what are you going to do to get healthy? I'm going to reduce my caloric intake by this many calories every day. I'm going to walk this many miles every single day is how I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to find ways to create healthy cycles so I could be all that God has called me to be. Then for some of us, it's not about starting things. It's actually about stopping some things. Some of you guys need, just need to get off the grid. You need to get off, get off watching the news every day, CNN, ABC, NBC, whatever it is, Fox News. You just need to get off of it because it's toxic for you. Some of you, you have some relationships in your life that are detrimental and it's time that you stop involving yourself in those relationships because every time you're in them, you walk away worse off than you were before. Some of you guys need to stop the scrolling on your phone. It will help you in life. So fill that in in our last little bit here. Let's finish the story. It says in verse 9, instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking, but this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. 
The law doesn't allow you to carry the sleeping mat, but he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Let me just remind somebody in here today that it's not Coastal Community Church that's gonna heal you. It's not TJ McCormick that's, not, that's gonna heal you. It's not some podcast or some, some TV preacher that's gonna heal you. There is one name and one name alone that saves because of what he did on the cross of Calvary, and his name is Jesus, and he's the one that can make you free and whole and healed this year. He said, Who's, who said such a thing as that, they demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared in the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well. In other words, he said, you know what, I'm a restorer. And for some of you guys, I believe that this is the year that God is going to restore some things that the enemy has stolen off of your life. He's going to restore some things. And then he gives him this phrase. So stop sinning like some of you guys wouldn't need as many miracles as you're asking God for if you would just stop the cycle of sin that's going on in your life you have the same issue over and over and over again you're like God please help me I'm in a financial pickle again and God's like well if you would stop going to Starbucks every day and getting your nails did you wouldn't have this problem and some of us need to stop the cycle. We need to stop the toxic relationships. We need to stop those things. Because if you don't stop, he says, or something even worse may happen to you. It's not a threat here, but it's a reality. And a lot of us, we're looking for a miracle. And I believe that God is going to give you miracles this year in your life like never before. But, number three, a healthy life starts with a miracle. But it's sustained through our habits. Starts with a miracle, but it's sustained through our habits. And listen, a lot of us, we want that miracle. And I believe that God's going to give it to you, but that is not what is going to sustain you for the rest of your year. It's your habits, it's your routine, it's what you do daily that will sustain us in life. It's one of the reasons why we encourage you. Be in church every week. Why? Because it's a healthy habit that will help encourage your spiritual life and here's what i've learned we are all one habit away from a healthier life we're all one habit you're one habit away i'm one habit away from a healthier life it's one of the reasons why every year we begin the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting because we want to set the tone we want to we want to reset our lives so that we're creating habits of putting god first in our life in fact if there's one habit one spiritual discipline that I could encourage you that if you would do this this year, that it would absolutely transform your relationship with God, your relationship with people. It would transform your outlook on how you see things, how you react to things. It's the habit of spending time daily reading God's Word. In fact, one of the greatest resources that is out there is, a, is an app on your phone called YouVersion. In fact, I would encourage every single one of you to download this app on your phone. And here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you to read your Bible throughout the year. And there's one-year Bible reading plans. It's something I've done for the last 20 years of my life. It's the thing that has grown me. It's helped me get to know God. And listen, it takes me 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes, and some of y'all are like, man, I don't have 10 minutes. Listen, I know every guy in here poops for two hours. You got 10 minutes. 
Sorry, Lighthouse Point, you're just meeting me, but that's, that's just truth. You got 10 minutes. In 10 minutes a day, I promise you, church, will connect you to your creator in ways like you've never connected before. You'll get to know his, his character and his attributes. You'll start to understand and hear his voice because you'll be reading it every day. You'll know the voice of God and the voice of that bad pizza from last night. You'll know the difference. It is something that will absolutely change your life. Let me end with this. Galatians chapter 6, it says, do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. So you're going to get at the end of this year, it's going to be the consequences of the choices and the habits that you do today. He says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from the sinful nature. So if you keep feeding yourself those toxic thoughts and those toxic relationships, you keep having those issues and struggles, it's the thing that's going to destroy you. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. And here's what I want. I want every single one of us to harvest everlasting life, a life that is flowing from the depths of our soul. He says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good because here's what I know is you're going to want to quit. You're going to want to grab the donut. You're going to want to put the app back on your phone and start scrolling. He says, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So don't give up. If we start some healthy habits today, it will transform the trajectory of our future. Because here's what I know. Bad habits, they always come back to bite us. Not only do I know this, but you know this. Because you, some of you, you've been dealing with the consequences of bad habits. Not just for the last day, but for the last decade. You've experienced the hurt and the pain and the ramifications of those habits. But I've got some good news for you here today. Good habits always come back to bless us. They always come back to bless us. So let's not get tired of doing what is good because you will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, my prayer this year for our church, not only here in Parkland, but in Lighthouse Point and everybody that's watching online is that, God, that this would be our healthiest year yet because it's our healthiest year spiritually. God, I pray that that you would ignite a passion within every single man, everything, every single woman, every single student, that they would choose, you know what, this year, I don't want it to be the same as every other year before this. I want this year to be a year where I get healthy spiritually, emotionally, relationally, physically, financially, every single aspect of my life. And that, God, you would show up and you would show off in ways like you never have before. And here's what I know. If you aren't where you need to be with God, this is the perfect opportunity for you to make that right. If you're far from God, I want you to know that God actually wants to welcome you back home here today. And I believe that this is your moment to surrender your will and your way and say, you know what, God? I'm tired of doing things my way. I want to try it your way. 
The Bible says that if we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that we'll be saved. And here's what I want to give you an opportunity to do. I want to give you an opportunity to surrender your will and your way and say, you know what? I'm tired of living for me, myself, and I. I'm going to do it God's way. And I'm going to take an act of faith and I'm going to surrender my will and I'm going to surrender my way to him. And I'm going to give him fully my life. And maybe you're here and you've never done that before or you, you, you did it a long time ago and you walked away and you said, you know what, Pastor TJ, I need to do that. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to take an act of faith and throw your hand up in the air and say, you know what, TJ, I need, to, I need to pray that simple yet significant prayer that will change everything for everybody. It's a prayer of surrender. On the count of three, if that's you, one, two, three. Go ahead and throw your hands up. We'd love to pray with you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, too. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Anybody else? Ten. Yes, sir, I see you back there. Lighthouse Point, go ahead and throw those hands up in the air. Everybody that's watching online, throw your little hand emoji up. If you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, God, thank you so much for loving me right where I am. For God, you so loved me that you gave the ultimate gift of your son, Jesus Christ, to this earth 2,000 years ago. To come to this earth and live a perfect life, the life that I cannot attain, and die a sinner's death, the death that I deserve. God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my screw-ups. Forgive me of my mistakes. I ask you to come into my heart. I thank you that you overcame death, hell, and the grave so that I could experience life and life more abundantly. I ask you to fill my life with your love and your joy and your peace and your patience and your goodness and your mercy. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving me a hope and a purpose. God, I choose to follow you all the days of my life. And everybody said, amen. Amen, amen.